just stand on your feet for just one more moment and just lift your hands and just say, dear Jesus, I'm here to hear your word. So thank you for ears to hear and eyes to see. With your help, I will hear and I will do what you've called me to do. Thank you, Lord. Just repeat this with me. Thank you, Lord, that you've made me an overcomer. And my eyes are fixed on you. Now, you don't need to repeat this. Lord, thank you for the angel of revelation that's here. Open up your word to us tonight. Thank you for an increase. Thank you for the open door into heaven. Thank you for speaking mysteries here in this room. Lord, we ask again for words, 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 direct words, direct words from heaven that shape earth. Lord, let the sword of the Spirit hit like a direct mark for the purposes of God for this region. Lord, let, uh, thank you for all the gifts of the Holy Spirit being in operation. We thank you for the king and his kingdom. Father, I declare without you, I can't do anything, but with you are all things. And thank you, Lord, that you're seated in heaven and you're laughing at the enemy because you've given us the tools of victory to overcome. And thank you for divine insight and strategy and wisdom into the ways of the Lord. Lord, thank you for resetting us correctly in this season. And I declare by the authority you've given me as a prophet of the Lord, I declare that this land, this United States will birth exactly what you've called it to birth, where there's been abortion in previous season. We say dream of God come forth in Charleston, in West Virginia. And tonight, in the name of Jesus, Lord, as those sounds, as those sounds came forward, Lord, we say that sound connected with the prayers and the worship of the old, and it's now connected connecting with something new and we say the bridge between heaven and earth is open and what you're speaking tonight will be practical will be applicable and lord we thank you lord we thank you lord that you have not left us without so roar tonight as only you can roar roar tonight as only you can roar Glorify your son, God. And I thank you there's no interference. I thank you that my mind is clear to release exactly what you have to say. In el nombre de Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. Uh, I woke up. I thought I was going to start this this morning, but I, apparently God wanted it to do tonight. I woke up on the morning of uh, September 21st, uh, not September, uh, June 21st, and the Lord gave me six, he, he said, these are six keys that must define the future of the body of Christ. Obviously, there's not exhaustive, and um, we know that I'm only one voice, but many voices speak similar things, but these are six specific keys, and the Lord asked me to release these tonight. Here's the first one. Homes and families must become the foundation for generational discipleship. Homes and families must become the foundation for generational discipleship. Look at uh, Daniel chapter 1. Hope you brought your Bibles tonight. I love the Word of God. I love the maps. 
I love the introductions. Daniel chapter 1. We know the book of Daniel opens at a time where God's covenant people have been taken over. And the reason they've been taken over is because they have operated, obviously, outside of God's covenant principles. And so when you open the door to evil, you will reap evil and you will reap destruction. Keep that in mind. There shouldn't be anything in hell that you want. Sometimes people, I just got this little thing. There's never a little thing. No one can serve two masters. He doesn't just come for that one little area of your life. If you could be prophetic with the devil, what he wants to do is completely destroy you, embarrass you, keep you so bound where you don't ever see a way forward, and then become a religious spirit in your life to remind you that you once knew the ways of God and be embarrassed to go back to the things of the Lord. Got quiet with that one. So now we know the nation of Israel has been taken captive. And he takes these young men. Let's pick it up in verse 3, Daniel chapter 1, verse 3. Then the king instructed Asima, the master of units, to bring some of the children of Israel, some of the king's descendants and some nobles, young men in whom there was no blemish, but good-looking, gifted in all wisdom, possessing knowledge, quick to understand, who had ability to serve the king's palace, whom they might teach the language and literature of the Chaldeans. Now, notice this. This is really, really important right here. This is a a truth here that defines the world. If the people of God do not properly disciple the next generation, the world will disciple them. There's no demilitarized zone. One of the tragedies of the season that we're living in is that we are reaping the results of worldview and discipleship. We missed a moment, I don't, I think it's 50s, the 1950s, Hollywood directors wrote letters to Christian college presidents, and they said to them, they said, send us your brightest, and help them, and send them to us so they can help shape the type of movies that come out of Hollywood. And the response from the directors was, we'd rather them go to hell than to serve you. And so Hollywood went to hell. The thought back then, see, perverted thinking will cost what happens in the world. It was Derek Prince who said many years ago he couldn't believe how Americans would speak about their government and their politics because he goes, they got, they have something to do with it. He was shocked. He couldn't believe how, even, he's not talking about unbelieving. He couldn't believe how Americans would speak about their politicians and their government. Because he was thinking, you have the power in your hands to change something about it. So we missed something in that generation, that wrong thinking where, where there, there was, you, you know, you can, it, it, see, obviously a little easier for me to speak to it you know, down the line here, but you can be really sincere, but if you have a perverted worldview, it will cost the world around you. 
they were so focused on the coming of Jesus, they missed what Jesus wanted them to do in their generation. So we miss something. We will miss something when our focus is not relevant to the world around us. Deuteronomy chapter, so we'll keep going. Then the king appointed them for daily provisions, king's delicacy of the wine, which he drank through years of training for them, so that at the end of time they might serve before the king. Now from among those sons of Judah were Daniel, Hannah, Mishael, Ezra. To, the, to them the chief of the eunuchs gave them names. And also notice too, he's renaming them. The world wants to rename the people of God. Names are really important in the Bible because when you name something, you prophetically define it. So what is this king trying to do? He is trying to re-identify who they are. But Daniel, this is really, this is beautiful. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself from a portion of the king's delicacies, nor with wine which he drank, therefore he requested of the chief of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Now, these guys, if you, if you just do a little background on them, they're no more than 15 years old. No more than 15 years old. Now, it doesn't expressly say this in Scripture, but it's likely that they were made eunuchs because you weren't going to come at the, the king's service. It, it, you know, anyway, no need for explanation. So, they're made eunuchs, they're serving the king, and now he's got them on a prescribed plan, and it says, Daniel 1, verse 8, he purposed. The word purpose, men, there is to intend, to, deci- to, to design, to determine, uh, uh, to, de- to determine that something will be accomplished. This is really interesting. How does a young man come into the service of an evil foreign king To be discipled in his ways, he is but a teenager, but he knows immediately what that word purpose, purpose comes from the inside. How does he know not to violate the commands of God for his people? I'm convinced Daniel and these guys had family who taught them the ways of the covenant. So when they come into a Babylon, literally a Babylonian system, they do not they do not compromise what has been instructed to them. So dis- d- children, I've learned, cannot be properly discipled unless their parents are properly discipled. Here's the thing that I've come to under. I, I like to learn stuff. I, I like. I don't like to play. I don't. I don't like to. I don't like to to shoot my my prayer pistol in the wrong direction. So here's a common one that I've learned. And I know there's dimensions to this. Please, so give me a little grace to this. Sometimes people will come, like, can you pray? You know, my kid's away from the Lord, and, you know, they're doing all sorts of things, wrong things. And so one time I backed up, you know, I do, I do the nice minister thing and pray for And I backed up for a minute. This is, I don't know, three or four years ago, maybe longer than that. And the Lord says, before you pray, it's good to always consult the Lord. He'll tell you stuff, too. They might not want your prayer after you tell them what the law had said. <laughs> he said, tell them you'll pray for their kids to get born again, but they need to repent because they, have not, they did not put God first in raising that child. And so they have unlocked a door for the enemy to attack that child. 
Now, God's not beating you over the head, but he is holding you responsible for the door of demonic things that you opened in your children's life. Got real quiet with that one. Why? Because here's the thing. There's doors. There's gates in the world. And sometimes Pentecostals are classic for this. They think coming to an altar and praying some prayer just fixes everything unless they, um, and if they don't identify the root, you've just said a bunch of words. It gets quiet when you say that. So they don't compromise. And I, nor am I suggesting, I know many parents who raise their kids, put them around the things of God, did the best they knew, and their kids still make choices. So that's another side of that. But I tell you what, I, I literally saw this a few weeks ago. I saw my mom's prayers literally have shaped my life. I actually saw it. I went back and saw how her prayers marked my life. I've always said it, but then I finally saw it. The prayers my mom prayed have actually caused me to stand in front of you. And the choices my grandfather made as a minister of the gospel allowed me to live an inheritance that I live in today. And now I've walked a path with the Lord that literally if I made certain choices in my life, I'm afraid I would die. Because there's a responsibility when you begin to see things in God. There was a moment about three months ago when, you know, I guess we call it COVID-19 crisis began. And I believe it was a prophetic picture where we were forced to come in and it was, it was, it was an invitation from the Lord to make sure our homes are houses of prayer and that the, the first place that we learn to worship is as a family together, as a family unit in the purposes of God, worshiping the Lord. I can remember, my mom was a school teacher, can remember coming home from school. She was Pentecostal, real Pentecostal. She would get on her knees. She'd give me a snack. I can remember, she didn't pray nice prayers. And this is a prayer, I believe, you sh- I, I believe this is the, a biblical prayer for children. Don't pray for your kids to have the American dream. Pray for the will of God to be done. So many children in the body of Christ have been pushed to things that God never intended them to touch because it was a good idea from their parents. I've seen it. We're not paying for your college unless you do this degree. Not saying in all cases that's not right. But a lot of that is witchcraft and manipulation. But I can remember get, coming home. She prayed prayers like this. Lord, I've given you my son. And she would name the day he ded- she dedicated him to me. I did it. We, she would say my husband, we dedicated him on this day. You've given him. He, see, she saw, she saw herself as a steward over my life. And I'm giving them back to you. And God, do whatever you want in his life, but make him miserable if he tries to sin. That's how she would pray. And my dad would read me scripture every morning on the way to school. Put in me the, there's times 
where I'm, I, I could be in another part of the world and I begin to quote a scripture and I flash back to a moment my, my dad would read me the scripture. He's putting the word in me. Number two, corporate prayer and intercession will birth strategies for nations to be saved and shaped. Look at Daniel chapter eight. No, excuse me, Daniel chapter two. Moving quickly here. Not so quickly. So we know Nebuchadnezzar has a dream. And he wants an interpretation for a dream, but he doesn't tell anyone his dream. I'm telling you, If you don't have the Lord, you lose your mind. And he's got this dream, and it's driving him nuts, and he's like, tell me the interpretation of the dream. And they're like, well, if you'll tell us, we'll try and figure it out. They're like, I'm going to kill you. So now he's killing people. Look at verse 12. For this reason, the king was angry and very furious and gave a command to destroy all the wise men of Babylon. So a decree went out, and he began killing the wise men. They sought Daniel and his companions to kill him. Verse 14, this is really important right here, right here. Listen to me. Listen to me, Linda. Now we know, if, if you know the book of Daniel, you'll know Daniel got the answer. But verse 14 tells you that he went with these guys, and they began to seek the Lord together. I believe they came into agreement and they said, Lord, give us the answer. And it was in that corporate intercession that they captured something that no one else knew except the Lord. Then with counsel and with wisdom, Daniel answered Arach, the captain of the captain of Ard, who had gone out to kill the wise men. He answered and said to Arioch, the king's captain, why is this decree from the king so urgent? And Arioch made the decision known to now. Basically, you're going to die if you don't get an answer. So there you go. Verse 16, so he went out and asked the king to give him time that he might tell the king the interpretation. Daniel went into his house and made the decision known to Hannah, Mishael, Ezra, and his companions that they might seek. Notice it's the word they. They might seek the mercies from God concerning this secret so that Daniel and his companions might not perish for the rest of the wise men of Babylon. Then the secret was revealed to Daniel in, notice it's revealed to one, but they've all come together to believe God for the answer. So Daniel blessed the God of heaven, and Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever, for wisdom and might are his. He changes the times and the seasons, and he removes kings and raises them up. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. This is, this is it right here. He reveals deep and secret things. He knows what is in darkness, and light dwells with him. Verse 22, he reveals deep and secret things. 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 He knows what is in darkness and light dwells in him. So an interesting thing, and I, I don't think I've ever said this publicly. I think I said it a few weeks ago, some of the things I'm going to say here to leaders, but when this situation in the world began, we began to meet and we began to connect intercessors from different parts of the country. And here's some of the things that the Lord began to reveal. 
And again, I'm not making blanket statements. I'm just declaring what God has revealed to me. And then when you get an understanding, we usually, at least me, this is what I do as we are, we apply it. I begin to ask the Lord for wisdom on how to pray into this situation. End of April, I don't have the exact date, but I have it written in my journal. The Lord speaks to me, and I could have been behind. Maybe other people were ahead of it. That's fine. But I'm asking, I would just, I constantly do it, just waiting on the Lord. The Lord speaks to me, says, what's happening now is not about a virus anymore. Oh, really? Again, I'm not saying the virus is not real. It's infecting people. I know people who've gotten sick by it. I know people who've gotten very sick by it. I know people who've not gotten so sick by it. Oh, okay. What do I do with that? And he began to teach me. This is how you pray about it. About a week, I think, before the George Floyd thing happened in America, the Lord speaks to me and says to me, I want you to pray that there's not a civil war in this nation. Really? And, you know, this is something I've learned. I've learned that sometimes you have this insight from the Lord and you begin to apply it. So I'm thinking it's going to like be states fighting, fighting, and that's happening, but that's not really what's happening. They're fighting, they're fighting for this stuff, and you know, they're fighting to open states, and they're, they're mad at each other, and you, you know, maybe that's what it is. That's not what it was. Pray that there would not be a civil war in this nation. So now, we have this horrific incident in Minneapolis with George Floyd. Things start happening. And I began to seek, Lord, what is this? Because usually, here's what I've learned. Usually what you're seeing on the outside is not what's really going on. They're just symptoms. Let me give you an example. It's something I've learned. Common thing, often, believing God, it's not so common. Sometimes many men in the body of Christ struggle with sex addiction, pornography. That's an evil thing. Trying to take your eyes. You're called to gaze on God, so it takes your focus off. Evil thing. Bad thing. Evil. There's nothing good in that. That'll destroy your life. Yeah, there's perversion. Yeah, there's lust, all that stuff. Yeah, those demons are in there, but that's usually not the problem. The problem is usually, often, not all the time, what we found is often the problem is rejection. There's a root of rejection there that holds all those demons together. And if you get to that teep, the, the top there, if you get that rejection there, all those little minions go down with them. Because usually it's not a, a sex thing. Sex thing is just the result. They're looking at those images because they are images that they feel accepted by. So get to that root, boom, deliverance. Sometimes with women, it's gotten very quiet in this room, but it's right. It is absolutely right. Sometimes with women, and I don't believe it's with all women or lots of women. I think it's way too much thrown out by leaders. Sometimes leaders just call strong women in their church Jezebel because they don't have anything to name it. But Jezebel is a true thing. What we've learned with Jezebel, Jezebel will come upon women because often they've had some sort of trauma in their life 
And because of that trauma, they feel the need to control a situation. And so now they're gifted. Now they're Holy Spirit filled. Now they're functioning in certain things, but they still got this thing of control over them that if you get that thing, it'll knock all those other little creatures under them. So I began to seek, I don't, I, I, I'm just learning this stuff. So I was watching what was happening in the world and get to this in a minute. Don't allow your focus to be off in this season. So I'm praying, Lord, what's, what's going on in this nation? Tell me what's going, I, I would like to know so I can pray properly, react properly, speak properly. He goes, racism is just a symptom. The real issue is lawlessness and an antichrist spirit. So there's a theme, there's a theme developing. Follow me for a minute. There's a theme developing. Okay, show me this, Lord. Show me how this played out. He goes, I didn't watch that whole thing. I can't watch evil like that. I'm sorry. I watched part of it. It's painful. That cop was lawless. He is looking at that camera, knowing somebody's recording him. And he is, law, he is telling that man, I will control you. I will have my way in you because I am in a position. And catch it, he's in a position of authority that is supposed to be used properly. So he unlocks a gate because he's in a position of authority and all those lawless people in the earth, all those lawless philosophies in the earth that agree with that evil. And then there are other gatekeepers called mayors and governors. They're lawless too. And so they're going, go ahead and destroy the city. And it creates greater lawlessness. Because here's what I want to tell you this. I know this. Most Americans, when they saw that evil, they looked at it and they said, that is evil, black and white. But then all the lawless antichrist people tried to shape the narrative. And in the middle of all that, where there was agreement, this is evil, that officer needs to go to jail. All those people began to look at what was happening and go, well, that's not right. And then they began to shape everything through the, lens, the wrong lens to divide people further. Am I saying that racism is not a problem? I'm not saying that. What I am saying is it's not the root of what's taking place in our nation now. So what is our response? At least one of our responses, hopefully, you're practicing what the Apostle Paul said. First of all, pray for all those in authority. Another thing the Lord showed me one time he, he goes, it was one night on the prayer call, he showed me, this is what's happening. He showed me, as Jesus described it in the Sermon on the Mount, one person is going, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. And Jesus said, you're looking at your brother, and you're saying, you have a plank in your eye, but the plank in your own eye is bigger, creating further divide. And part of the problem of what's happening with the people of God is because our highest delight has not been in the Lord, our lens has been hijacked by Babylonian solutions to the problems that are in the earth. The problems are not found 
in Black Lives Matter. I'll just say it. The, pro, the solution is not found in the Republican Party. ACLU, whatever it may be, those are Babylonian solutions that can only, at best, offer temporary solutions. I don't suggest to know everything that's taking place, but I suggest that we must see things through the lens of God who uncovers things. And then learn how to position ourselves on the wall to pray and to speak properly into the world we live in. I don't know why. Thank you, Lord. Would you just lift your hands? Father, by the authority you've given me as a minister in the body of Christ, I set your people free from wrong influences, wrong agendas, world system agendas, political spirits that so easily try and capture our minds and our hearts. I free you in Jesus' name to walk in the light, to learn mysteries and secrets of the kingdom that you would know how to navigate the season that you're in, that you would shift and repent for any mindsets, any words, any things, any evil entities you've partnered with both in the past and in the present. Whoa, there it is. Now there's a cleansing. Lord, we stand today as living sacrifices. And we say, we need you. We need you. Apart from you, we can't do anything. Apart from you, we can offer the world nothing. But thank you, Lord, because you've given us the privilege of Christ in us, the hope of glory. So we turn in the garments of stupidity and we turn to you, the author and the finisher of your faith who holds all wisdom in his hand. The wisdom that created the universe is ours and so we receive it gladly, Lord. Corporate prayer and intercession must burst strategies for nations to be saved and changed. Number three, Divine messengers bringing direct words from heaven to shift the earth for the greatest habitation of the glory of the Lord. This is what John said. John 1.23 said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord. We know that according to John 10.41 that G, excuse me, John the Baptist did no miracles. So what was the strength of his ministry? Words from heaven. His words created the world and created the environment for the ministry of Jesus. Messengers are about to be released in mass across the earth who will pioneer the message of the beauty of Jesus.
This is a season of joy. This is, the Lord spoke this to me last September. This is a season of joy and divine order in the body of Christ. I will bring order in the leaders in my body. For those I have showed great mercy but failed to repent, I will expose ungodliness and cause what I built through them, uh, and cause what I built through them to crumble quickly. My great desire is for my leaders to build things to last for generations. I also desire for them to build with an eternal perspective. I'm releasing a cleansing in the body of Christ. Only what is birthed from heaven will stand, and a lifestyle of ungodliness will not be tolerated. I'm releasing a fresh baptism of purity and holiness. My people will ascend the hill of the Lord with a pure heart and a clean heart. This is a season of purity and holiness. That which is birthed in my people uh, like, like, unlike any, anything before, my desire is for waves of cleansing in the house of the Lord. This is a season of pioneering in the body of Christ as never before. Did I not say to you, I would build my church and the gates of hell would not prevail? In this season, I'm spitting now, I'm doing good. Apostolic structures will emerge in the earth. New wineskins will emerge that I intend to carry them for an eternity. Yes, build for eternity. Build for eternity. Build for eternity. Build for eternity. Many of the purpose I had for previous generations were not built. They were not built because my people had an earthly perspective. They were bound and thought things, this will be sufficient, or it's not really possible to do it that way. Yet in this season of pioneering, I want my people, especially my leaders, to be marked with eternity. When you're marked with eternity, you can build for eternity. You can build from one generation to the next, and the purposes of God can be fulfilled. This will be a season of divine messengers. I see a close group of pioneers in the earth. I see them as large flames of fire bringing the word of the Lord. Not only will they bring the word of the Lord, but they will release and bring divine strategies. They will birth strategies that have not previously existed on the earth. In this season, I desire for my people of God to display what has never before been displayed before. This is my divine will. Some messengers are tried and tested servants of the Lord. They value the presence of God and they seek the face of God above all else. They will love the beauty of God and embrace the character of God in every area of their life. These pioneers will love the body of Christ and will deeply and be deeply connected to spiritual families. Many of these pioneers will come and form covenant relationships and they will actively advance the purposes of God in this season. In this season, you will see the body of Christ come together together as one family. They will be a loving expression of what I've always desired them to be. The Lord says it, it is a time for the corporate man to arise. It is a time for five-fold leaders to join together with purpose, vision, and resources for the establishment and advancement of the kingdom of God. During this time, I'm releasing messengers. These messengers will be both young and old. They will be from different cultures, backgrounds, and streams. They will have a uni unified and unique sound on the earth. They will have a unique and unified sound on the earth. The words they release on the earth will carry a weight and authority unlike any other generation. They will cause sounds on the earth and unusual weather, weather patterns as a sign that their words are from heaven. They will speak words from heaven. The words will cause the heavens to open, the ground to be shaped as God intends. 
Words from heaven will penetrate the spirit of government and cause my people in that spirit of government to be birthed. Words from heaven will be released in cities. It will cause my purposes to be established. Words from heaven will be released into the economic world system. It will cause corruption to be exposed. I've heard this word, oh, probably at least the last three years, probably more, but I'm going to give it a concern. I'm telling you, you are about to see corruption and evil exposed at the highest levels of government in the United States. There's a judgment, justice, gavel. The Lord says he has heard the prayers of his people, and unrighteousness and ungodliness will be exposed even in the next three months as never before. The justice of God, there'll be a cleansing, the Lord says in the White House, the wrath are coming out of the walls of Congress. The rats are coming out of the state house. The Lord says, righteousness will be restored. The Lord says he's heard the cries of his people. There is a remnant in the earth, the Lord says. The Lord says, I must, I must answer the prayers of my people. And there has been a sound the Lord says, Deep in the deep underneath the Lord says I've been working I've been working in the realm of the spirit I've been working through a group of remnant people who've been faithful who've been tried who've been difficulty many have been left by their current groups and denominations but the Lord says they'll rise up they'll rise up in this hour as never before they will rise up in this hour as never before the Lord says they will, they will they, there's always been the Lord says there's always been a true people on the earth who loved me with all their heart all their soul all their mind you may not have known about them they have never maybe been on media but the Lord says they're going to rise as never before because I I will put them on display because they desire to put me on display so I will put them on display I will make my name great through them it will not just be one or two but it will be hundreds and then thousands as a unique sound and voice the Lord says the Lord says you don't have to even fly them in because they're right among you see them and identify them see them and identify them because their words will shape your city their words will cause the lost to come in their understanding will be able to give you wisdom and understanding for the timing and the seasons you live in there is a great tabernacle that will come in the earth it is a tabernacle tabernacle of the people of God the tabernacle of the people of God and there will be a unified sound there'll be a unified sound there'll be a unified sound that will cause cities to come to the name of Jesus Every 
Rebukana Mahashikabaya. The Lord says to his people, do not grow weary in well-doing. Do not grow weary in well-doing in this season. Keep your eyes focused on me. Do not be moved by what you see or what has tried to grab you with fear. For I'll cause my body to advance in this season. I'll cause the voices of my people to be amplified in cities. So keep your hand on the plow. And there is enduring grace. There is enduring grace to actually reset the purposes of God for your life and your region. There is an open door even here tonight for the people of God, an open door to receive and apprehend grace upon grace to walk out the purposes of God as never before. The Lord says to his people, my hand is not too short. My hand is not too short. My hand is not too short. I am with you. I am for you, but you must position yourself correctly. And the Lord says it will cause perhaps uncomfortableness, but the Lord says, get ready to feel comfort in uncomfort because that door will open that door to promise purpose and provision. That door of uncomfortableness will open the door to promise, purpose, and provision. Do not be alarmed, for I knew this time would come in the earth, and I've chosen you to be alive during this time. I've told you to be alive because I trust you to receive that which I desire to give you. And you'll be, you'll be, if you'll keep your eyes upon me, if you'll do what I say and, and, and say what I do, the Lord says, you'll be a storehouse. You'll be like a Daniel. You'll be above it all. But the Lord says, don't compromise anything in your heart. Stay true to my word. Stay true to what I've spoken to you. Stay the path, says the Lord. For the Lord there says there's a warning to the people of God. If you lean in into the wisdom of man, you will not have the fruitfulness and you will not advance, but you'll be in a barren place. So the Lord says, there is an operating system that will move the people of God ahead in this season, and it will not be in the realm of wisdom of man. So many, says the Lord, must throw away principles, ideas, and intellectual concepts that can only bring you so far. For the Lord says, it's only my words. It's only the word of God and the power power of the Holy Spirit and the beauty of Jesus that can take you ahead in the purposes of God in this season. This is a pioneering land, says the Lord. A pioneering land where they didn't give up and they brought here to build and to plant, says the Lord. So tonight there is a pioneering and a building grace to stay the long haul. There was a time in this city where some came to plant 
They came to plant the purposes of God, but they prayed and they prayed and they built what they saw. But there was a generation that was supposed to take it, but they began to get caught up in the ways of man and a religious spirit stopped the unlocking of the heavens as I intended. But the Lord says to the people in this room, rise up and receive grace to go the long haul. For I want you to go the long haul. I want you to think 20 and 25 and 30 years into the purposes of God, because that That's how I want you to see. I want you to have clear vision ahead for the purposes of God. Clear vision to build accurately and correctly from one generation to the other. And there's even a gavel tonight here, the Lord says. There's a gavel that will judge you for building things in this generation and leaving it better for the next. So the Lord says, don't grow weary in well-doing. And the Lord says, rejoice because you don't have to do it in your own strength. You can do it in my strength. Enjoy and hope can help you to overcome. For there are prayers, there are prayers and seeds from those prayers that have been prayed in previous generations that yet to gave birth. So the Lord says to the intercessors and the seers and the prophets, I'm going to connect you with the prayers of the previous generation. And when you pray them, they'll be manifested in the earth. Believe me. Believe me, says the Lord, that I'll do the impossible. I'll cause this city to be reshaped because you'll connect with something that's already been planted in the ground. Because the Lord says there was a time, the crew, the, the, the warship became a cruise ship in this city. But the Lord says the warship is now pushing in the right direction. And the Lord says that ship will push in the right direction if you see and declare accurately as never before. Thank you, Lord. Marabojo shoho toro boyo. Sereboyo robojo shoto otono moyo robojo boyo. Merebo tono moyo robojo tono moyo. Sereboyo robojo toro boyo. Marabobo. Just encourage yourself to your hands. Just begin to pray in the Holy Spirit.
Hit it, boy, yo, yo, yo. The Lord says, let the corporate man arise in this region. Let the corporate man arise in this region. Let the corporate man arise in this season. Let the corporate man arise in West Virginia. Let the corporate man arise in Ohio. Let the corporate man arise in Kentucky. Let the corporate man arise in Virginia, West Virginia, North Carolina. Corporate man, we call you to attention. Corporate man, we call you to attention. Awake, 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 corporate man. Awaken to the beauty of what God has created you to be. Awaken to the beauty that God's created you to be. Awaken to the beauty that God has created you to be. Awaken to the beauty that God has created you to be. Awaken to the beauty that God has created you to be. Awaken to the beauty that God has created you to be. Awaken to the resources that I've given you. The Lord says to his people, Arise to your destiny. I've given you all power and authority. You lack nothing. You lack no good thing in this season. The keys are in your head for breakthrough. The keys are in your hand for victory. I'm here to help. But you have to take your authority. I'm here to help. But you must take your authority. I'm here to help. But you must take your authority. I created you for victory. I created you to overcome, never to be overwhelmed. Overwhelmed by circumstances, overwhelmed by people, overwhelmed by pain, 
overwhelmed by sickness and disease. I did not create you for that. I created you to be my beauty in the earth. So arise to your beauty. You look beautiful from my perspective. You look beautiful from my perspective. Arise and see from my perspective. Arise and see from my perspective. Because I sit above it all. I sit above it all. I sit above it all. For there are deep things in my heart. Oh, how there are deep things in my heart for my people. Don't settle in the wilderness. Don't get comfortable in Egypt. For even tonight, says the Lord, there is an open door. Will you, will you walk through? 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 It's just like a breath. His breath is just breathing on us tonight. Whew. Whoa. We receive your breath, God. Whoa. 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 Ooh. Oh, Shabahaya. There's an open door. There's an open door. There's an open door.
Mahashakaboya. Whoa. Just want to count to three, and if you just receive the word of the Lord, I just want you to stand on your feet. One, two, three, just stand. And I know it might not be possible to do this completely, but if in the best way you know how. I'm just going to count to three. And I believe if your heart is positioned correctly, there's going to be a release of a baptism of fire to you tonight. I believe some of you, the inside will never be the same. This is a special night. And I'm just going to count to three again, and I want you as just a sign of surrender to the word of the Lord. And I've come in from the outside, and the elders in the city can judge, whoa, the word of the Lord. But just as a sign is receiving it, I'm just going to count to three, and you can just take a step forward as a stepping through that open door. And I believe God himself will release a baptism of fire to you. One, two, three, just step through. Whoa. And I encourage you to just lift your hands. Father, we receive whatever you have to give us, even specifically just a baptism of fire tonight. More, Lord. I'm telling you, the fire of God's beginning to move all across this room. Just keep your goat focused on Him. Thank you, Lord. Stay focused on him. He's moving. There are things being imparted in this atmosphere. And there's a, there's a way of his glory and purity, Mahayas, that he's releasing right now. Mama Haya. Lord, I just release again 
fire and the weight of fire. More fire, in Jesus' name. More fire. More fire. Some of you will feel like your eyes on fire. Some of you feel like oil on your hands. Some of you will actually feel like there's a hand. Mama Haya, because it's the hand of Jesus marking you tonight. Some of you will feel like, now! Something just got put right in your spirit. Now, in Jesus' name. Some of you feel like things are getting pulled out. It's just a, a pulling away of anything not from him. Be free in Jesus' name. Some of you will feel burdens and weights lift off of you. Some of you will feel like your feet are actually being come unshackled now. So be free to walk out what God has called you to do. There's deliverance. There's impartation. Some of you will feel like the inside of you is being readjusted and it's a divine reset. It's a physical sign of a divine reset. Be reset now in Jesus' name. Some of you will feel fire on your head. It's just a fresh fire to know the Lord. Father, let it be according to your word. Father, let it be according to your word. Father, let it be according to your word. Lord, thank you for making us gates. Let our life be a gate, bridging heaven and earth for the will of God to be done.